Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Pit Mailbag here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel. He's Christopher Carter. I'm Noah Hiles. And as always, this show is brought to you by the fine folks over at Mike's Beer Bar, my favorite place to go in Pittsburgh. Uh, and it's just a great spot to go on the North Shore, whether if you're a fan for the Steelers, Pirates, Pitt, if you're in town for any of those games, Mike Beer, Mike's Beer Bar is the place to go. It's right across the street from PNC Park and has the best selection of beer in, t- in town, as well as amazing food options. They have over 20 TVs where you can catch all of your NFL, college football, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, and Premier League games. You can watch them all there at, uh, at Mike's. Come in and try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local craft beers, as well as 80 of them being different local craft beers available on tap. That's Mike's Beer Bar. Chris Carter and I have spent many evenings yes, we have. at Mike's Beer Bar <laughs> on the North Shore. And Carter, the next time we're there probably will be after celebrating covering our first football game of the 2023 football season. Hey. The regular season has arrived. Pitt will kick off its season Saturday at 3.30 p.m. at Acrisure Stadium against the Wofford Terriers. I'm of excited. the FCS. I don't really care about the opponent, Carter. Football is it's back. It's just football, we made it baby. Camp, Let's baby. go. Yes. Yes. We're back. And we've got a lot of questions. We're going to get right into them. Some of them about football. Some of them about a pretty big basketball story that uh, came to be around 6 p.m. Friday night. Um, and that's what we're going to start the show with. Steven wants to know, are there any more details right now about Dior Johnson's departure did he do anything else after being reinstated to the program in December? Do we know who made the decision to kick him out of pit? All right. So I wanted to be clear first off that we're still looking into this. Chris and I are yep. both digging, talking to some sources because while our report, I felt like had some good details in it. I think we reported probably more information than most outlets. Um, there's still a lot of questions to be answered. That's, that's very clear. Uh, What we do know is Dior Johnson is no longer a a student at the University of Pittsburgh. That's what we were informed via email um, Friday evening. What I've been able to find out and what others have also been able to find out is this was a decision that was not made by the athletic department. So Heather Like didn't make this call. Jeff Capel didn't make this call. As far as who did, all we know it's university officials. Now, was it one person? I don't know. Was it multiple people like the board of trustees? I, I have no idea right now. We've heard certain things, but it's it's not enough information to confirm anything on a report. So as we continue to dig, that's all I can really say, unless Chris un- uncovered something else that I don't know about. Um, 
but we know there is certainly more to this story. I do know that from what I've been told from from numerous people was there are no known there are zero known extra problems right. that have come from Dior Johnson since his incident, which resulted in him being charged with two misdemeanors, um, which was what that was back in December when that was all resolved. Uh, so yeah, there, there's been nothing since then. And while we had heard rumblings of this, nothing is really, I mean, they were confident enough in the guy to take him to Spain, which was earlier this month. Now, did they see this possibly coming down the road, which perhaps led into his playing time at Spain? I don't know. Uh, maybe they had an idea about it. We heard a little bit of a rumbling about it then, but it seemed like this thing kind of became more real in the past couple of weeks, maybe after the team got back from Spain. But I hadn't heard anything about him getting into any more trouble. Um, and I think this decision was made based upon his actions, which took place around a year ago today. Yeah, I, I the thing is, is that there's you're right. There's, this is all stemming from the first and only incident that has happened with him since he's been at Pitt. And that is, and that that much we have been able to confirm. Um, also, you know, I do think you know one thing we can say, you know, as as we included in the in, in our reporting of the situation, a lot of this stems from the university worried about backlash for if yeah. he put on a pit uniform in you know live action and what that would look like, and that there might there would be outside parties who would be involved there, and that had some weight on some things. Now. We don't know. Again, we don't know who exactly made what call, or you know what you know what department it came from. If it came from you know from from a, you know from from the new chancellor or from someone else or from you know from any anybody. But the bottom line is that there was definitely a rift because the athletic department was behind Dior Johnson getting his chance to kind of you know have a second chance with Pitt this upcoming season. And heck, we saw them do that with John Hughley just yeah. a couple years ago. Um, Ithia Horton, I mean, kind of, he really didn't Different do the situation. thing that he was accused of. Uh, but uh, but bottom line is they believe in second chances. So this was this was kind of abrupt and why it was kind of a surprise to me the when it, the, that it came when it came literally days before classes opened. Yeah, and um, I guess I'll just wrap it up by saying there there's more information out there. We're we're digging. I've been talking to people about this every day since it's 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 developed, and so is Carter. And we will have a follow up story on it. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Jake wants to know another Dior Johnson related question. What's the plan for Pitt now at guard? Is there any chance they use either of those two remaining basketball scholarships? I would have to assume they're going to try, right? But yeah, I mean, it's, classes it's start spot. this week. So yeah. unless you're going out and you're finding another guy who maybe is in a similar spot to, to Johnson, someone who had to leave their university of their team for whatever reason, uh, Guys might, you know, I, I, I think it's going to take something really unique for a player that Jeff Capel will truly want at this point in time. Because I don't think he's just going to give those scholarships away no. to just anyone, especially with his importance on, you know, team chemistry and everything. Bringing someone in new and expecting them to play after you literally scheduled a trip to the other side of the world to help these guys become closer. And now you're adding in someone new to the mix who wasn't really part of the plan. I think that's a slippery slope. Um, I think they'll try, but they're going to be very cautious about it. I, I don't, I don't see logistically how they're going to find 
a reliable talent at this point in the season. I think they're going to enter the year down two scholarships. Yeah, I'm right with you. No, I don't think at this point players have committed to where they're going. And if you're picking up a guy, it means no one else wanted them. So like, yeah, if you're getting somebody, they're basically a walk on at this point. And that's just a situation that Pitt's now in because of this decision. Um, And again, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they feel like, hey, the university feels like this is what needs to happen to, you know, uphold the standards of the university or whatever. But you know, it certainly has put Jeff Capel. I mean, this, this this was a set roster that they had, you know, with with guys. If they had done this back in, you know, April or May or even June or July, like they would have had some time to at least try to find somebody to with that scholarship spot that could be an asset to the team in some way. Uh, but now that's not going to be the case. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they work with that hole on the roster. Granted, you know, last year they kind of they worked with a kind of limited group of veterans as it was. And that's that's where this really hurts for Capel, too. I mean, not only did he stick his neck out for this guy, but yeah, had they made this decision last spring or, you know, last December, wherever, there are talented point guards who probably didn't come to Pitt because they knew Dior Johnson was on the roster. Yep. They said, I- I'm not competing with that guy for a starting spot. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Look at him. He was one of the best players in the country a couple years ago. And now... They have two freshmen who have never played a game at the collegiate level and Ishmael Leggett, and that's their backcourt. So yeah. it's it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold for them. Barry wants to know, we're getting over to football now, uh, what was the biggest takeaway from Pitt's too deep this week? Were there any surprises? Carter, I'll let you start off with this one. Anything jump out to you? Um, Not as much surprises. I guess I was a little surprised that Marquez Williams was listed as an or starter with AJ Woods, but not as much because, you know, I do, I do think AJ Woods is a talented, is a talented guy. I do think Marquez Williams is, uh, is your, is a, is the preferred starter in that situation. Um, You know, I gotta say, I thought Ryan bear was going to win a starting job. I did too. I I, I thought that he was going to be up there. He was the, uh, he was the top. I'm forgetting right now. Left tackle. Left tackle, thank you. He was right was behind Matt Gonsalves, yeah. which doesn't mean that he won't get significant amount of time to play this year. They the backups get all a ton of time in the, on the offensive line, but I, I was shocked to see that he didn't make it somewhere as a starter because of how much we've heard great things about him. But uh, by and large, I felt like this was a kind of one of the calmer uh, de- depth chart releases that Pitt has had over the past few years. Yeah, I'll agree. I, I expected Bayer to be I where Jason Collier was at that left guard spot. Yeah. Um, I thought that that played when we heard that Gonsalves was moving over to left tackle. I assumed that, oh, you move your best tackle to left to the left side, A, because that's where he should be playing, and B, because if the weakest link is going to be a guy who just learned that position, a redshirt freshman playing there, it helps to have your best off have him in between your two best offensive linemen, who would be your center and your left tackle, uh, which is the case on this pit football team. So I was, I guess, a little surprised to see Bayer. I'm still not convinced that Bayer is not going to start. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I, I think that this could all be a ruse. This is against all week one against Wofford. I, I, I think that, yeah, it, I think it could be something where by week two, it's an or between bear and, and, uh, and Collier. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing, I guess I was surprising Jeff Yurick no longer on the roster. So yeah. this guy was competing for a starting punting job throughout all camp and all spring. And he lost to Caleb Junko. Junko got a scholarship, and Yurik's gone. So yeah. that that's a pretty big surprise. Um, and then on the special teams front, one last thing. Bub Means being the number one kick returner. Uh, and that's, I think, a pleasant surprise. I think the idea of having your starting running back return kicks is a risky thing. Um, for the most part, Pitt kind of avoided that with, with Izzy last year, uh, where they were kind of playing with fire. He could have been injured um, on top of having a heavy workload, and they would have been in real trouble there. Uh, so I think having a guy like Bub Means and then the two guys behind him with uh, Che and um, A.J. Woods, you know, those guys aren't going to touch the football hardly at all. You know, right. Che's a backup receiver. A.J. Woods plays corner. So you're looking at healthier guys. So I, I think that that's a good way to get them in the mix. I, I like that those those three who were named, we just didn't know the order. Bub Means being a 4-3, 40-yard dash guy, not a bad guy to have deep returning kicks for you. Lance says it felt like Pitt kind of took things easy last year against their FCS opponent, Rhode Island. Do you think that will be the case this year? Or do you expect this team to come out swinging and win by 40 or 50 points? Well, Lance, if you're asking me to determine point spreads, I am not the guy to go to. <laughs> if you look at my, my gambling <laughs> records. Um, but uh, you know, that's a great question because I would think that this year, there's probably a more likely chance that we see like a Pitt New Hampshire 2021 result. Yeah, that was uh than than Pitt Rhode Island for a multitude of factors. That Rhode Island game was wonky last year. It was Keaton Slovis's first game back from a concussion. Mm-hmm. They did not start any of their core to four defensive linemen. I think all four of them were hurt that game, correct, including Cansey. Um, I think they were just trying to get out of that game healthy. And that was it. They weren't they weren't like trying to let Keaton get hit. Every throw he made was like two yards or less. The defense had so many reserve combinations playing at all levels. I mean, there were young cornerbacks playing safeties. I mean, Pitt could have won that game by 50, 60 points had it played it aggressively as it did, you know, against West Virginia or Tennessee or UCLA or something. But they just wanted to get out of that game healthy. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I mean, sure, yeah, they don't want to have any injuries. But this is their first time to go against other competition. I think there's a lot of players who are going to be, be playing either their first game in a pit uniform or their first game as a pit starter. They're not going to be easing into anything. I think they're going to want to show out. So I think that Pitt is going to take more of an aggressive pro- approach here compared to the just sit on them and deflate them and get the win and get out healthy approach that they had last year against Rhode Island. Carter, do you agree? <laughs> 
Yeah, this is also a different team. Like, I, from what we understand, they're going to be throwing the ball deep and not just deep to like the open guy, but deep, like giving their their, their receivers chances to win one on one battles a lot more this year. So, uh, against, a te- against a team like Wofford, this is probably going to look, look a lot more like New Hampshire in 2021 and Austin P in 2020. Like, this is, this is going to be a, a romping that I think that Pitt sets a good tone with. And like you said, like they were resting guys against Rhode Island. There was a lot of factors there. I also think that was the first sign of that Keaton Slovis was going into a shell uh, for yeah. quite some time because he at least was aggressive to start that Tennessee game. And in in West Virginia, like he, he looked like a different quarterback. And then when he came back from Rhode Island, in Rhode Island, you saw like, okay. And then Georgia Tech, he was just not great um, in, in, in that loss. And so I feel that there was there was there were some things going on there, but I, I think this time around it won't you won't have those issues hanging over you. Yeah, I mean that's I'm glad you pointed that out because I remember talking to you after the game. I was like, they did not let him throw the ball. Yep. And we asked about it, and they just said, they "Oh, like, you know, this was go. open. This was open." And we're like, there were other dudes open too. Yeah. You know, or you had one on one coverage with Jared Wayne in a Rhode Island corner. You know, didn't think to try it once. And so I think that, A, they learned from that where they could have probably been a better passing offense if they used that opportunity, and they didn't. Um, and, B, like, I think it mat- it's it's different when it's week one versus week four against an S- FCS team, and you're mm-hmm. not starting conference play the following week. So that's our thoughts on that. And our final question comes from Kelly. Who are two players to watch against Wofford? Give us someone on both sides of the football you know, and this is a good question because unlike, you know, if you say like two players to watch against like North Carolina, you know, I'm giving you like Shane Simon and and Rodney Hammond, you know, two, right. two stars. But you're probably going to see north of 65, 70 players yeah. play for Pitt in this game, either on special teams or offense, defense, something like that. So, Carter, who, who are two guys for you? I'm looking at Kenny Johnson and I'm looking uh, and I'm looking at Nakai Johnson, the Johnson Johnson and Johnson, if it were. Ah, okay, J and J. I I think that Kenny Johnson has. We've heard so much about how they, how good this kid is in practice. I want to see it on the field. I want to see this kid use the speed that I've heard about, use his ability to go up and get the football, be a supreme playmaker. Um, he was listed all on the second line of wide receivers um, on the depth chart. I'm excited to see that, and I'm excited to see what Nakai Johnson's like because he's another guy we've heard so much about, even stemming back to last year a little bit. Uh, so I, I want to see how, how, how both these guys uh, play on either side of the ball. Both should get in there a lot, I think, in this game. I want to see Gavin. I'm going to go with Gavin Bartholomew. Um, last year, they just were not throwing him the ball enough. And while I think that I agree. his best game, hopefully, for Pitt will come against someone other than Wofford, I think that this could be – I think the offense is going to look to set a tone this year uh, in week one, and Gavin Bartholomew needs to be a big part of that tone that's going to be set. So um, just the tight ends is – in particular, like Malcolm Epps, I'm excited to see how they use him, Carter Johnson, um, things of that nature. So that would be my offensive pick is Gavin Bartholomew. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with DeAndre Jules, the the darling of camp. You know, he was, he was the name. He was the guy who won camp on the defensive side of the football, someone who spring ball – we made a. I don't know if I ever wrote DeAndre Jules's name in a sto- story during the spring season. I don't think I I, I mentioned it once. Hmm. And when thinking about guys who are going to have an impact on the defensive line coming into this year, 
I, I, I'll be real. If DeAndre Jules would have transferred before fall camp, I don't even think it would have warranted its own story. But, like, I probably would have just got thrown into a notebook somewhere. But now, like, it, it's looking like this guy is going to be a major factor here. I'm more just interested on how they go about dividing these reps because there is a lot of talent and experience at that nose tackle position between Danielson, Green, Bentley, Fitzsimmons, Jules, Donald. Like, I mean, there, there's just a lot of snaps to be handed out. And I think this is the first opportunity for Pitt to kind of figure out how it's all going to be divvied out. So that's my takeaways. Chris, you got anything final before we wrap things up? Football's back, baby. Let's go. I'm just excited, man. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to be at Ackershire Stadium. We're going to be on the field doing our pregame yes, notes. I'm just pumped up. Noah, we're suiting up, baby. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably go blazer. Uh, I don't. You I, know I don't, Let's do blazers. That's I mean, you idea. can do suit. I don't do the suit unless it's like I need game day to be there for a suit. Come on now. It's Wofford. Uh, but no, it's. It's exciting. I mean, this is this is like. Don't get me wrong. I don't ever have a bad day here. I love writing about anything. Uh, it's it's always fun to cover. But it's it's just a special thing waking up on Saturday and knowing you get to be a part of the people who tell the story of a football season. That's it's really cool. I'm willing to bet that this year's season opener doesn't deliver the same amount of dopamine that last year's <laughs> season opener did uh, for anyone watching. Um, but you know what? It's still going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season, regardless of how it goes. It's going to be fun documenting it and, and, uh, which is what we get paid to do, which is a blessing. So looking forward to another fun year of pit coverage with this guy on the screen with me. And I hope you're all looking forward to, to reading along the way. So for Chris Carter, I'm Noah house. We're signing off saying, keep tuned in for another pit mailbag brought to you by Mike's beer bar on the post Gazette sports. Now YouTube channel. Take care. Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette.